Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. When's the last time you heard someone applaud OpenSea? The honeymoon period is definitely over with the platform. They quickly went into Web 3 and became the darling. Everyone was so happy and elated that they were able to use this platform to really make their dreams be fulfilled. However, they quickly became public enemy number one. The various changes that they made in their protocols and their policies, and of course, their platform is constantly down, got the nickname of Broken Sea, so people really turned on them. However, today I'm going to applaud them for doing a good job. And I know by saying this, I may lose my Web3 merit badge or my cool kid card or whatever you want to say, but this episode is going to be a positive look on some things that OpenSea has done. And again, I really want to highlight when they do something right, I want to give them their roses while they deserve it. So of course, I've been singing praises to Magic Eden for the last month or two, and clearly someone over at OpenSeas is a huge fan of this podcast and has been listening to this stuff, has taken it to heart and decided to make some changes over there. No, I'm just kidding about that, really. But however, I would love to know if someone at OpenSeas really was listening to this podcast. If so, well, thank you for listening, just like everybody else. However, on a serious note, I think they took a lot of things that I think was great about Magic Eden and are starting to implement it into OpenSeas. Now, this is nothing new as far as what goes on in Web 2. I've even highlighted this before. That is just a thing that they do on different platforms. I mean, Facebook, there is a term for it. It is called zucking, right? If Mark Zuckerberg, CEO, the founder of Facebook, now Meta, if they have a, a particular thing that they see in another app that they like and they do not want to lose their corner on social media and communications, so they will integrate that feature into what they do. Just Google the term Facebook zucking or zucking, and you'll see all sorts of features from from countless apps that they've integrated into Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and all the other things that they have, right? And I think that is what OpenSea is doing here because Magic Eden is getting a lot of attention. Definitely the volume's over there and it's just a different feel. It's just a beautiful looking platform with so many tools, but yet it is not too complicated. Everything is nicely organized. It is neat. You can find the data and everything. I thought it was just a great design. That's why I'm constantly speaking about them. And you can tell the feel over there is just completely different. The color scheme, just the vibes, even on the Twitter spaces when people are speaking about what to check out. I mean, it is a very different atmosphere. But as I said, they are a legitimate business. They are doing things very deep and they are vertically integrating. I did an entire episode on that, which basically means that rather than going a mile wide and an inch deep, they're going a mile deep and an inch wide. They know their focus. It is NFTs. Well, how can they add to that? How can they add value and other services that are related to it, support the different projects that are launching and so forth? And that is what they're doing right there. And I'm seeing a lot of that starting to come over into OpenSeas right now. They're setting up like launches and so forth. But really what caught my eye today and sparked this is the whole UI, the user interface, the design when you're actually looking at a collection right now. And I thought it was just really cool because first of all, in order to get some help helpful data as far as what's going on on the NFT scene over on Ethereum, usually you have to use some sort of third-party tool or a website such as flips.finance, which is a really cool tool. I like to use it, play around with it. If you are a data nerd, you will have a field day over there. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes, flips.finance, or you can just go there, flips.finance, right? So over there, you can see all sorts of data about projects, 
floor prices, average sales prices, user, uh, unique ownership, and all sorts of things. I mean, you can just literally spend the entire day playing with the data over there. But once I looked at it and I was over on OpenSeas looking in a particular collection, funny enough, I was coming from Flips.Finance to click on something. I realized that they redesign that top section, you know, right where the banner would be for that particular project. Well, there's some information there that I thought was just great. It is right there at your fingertips or uh, in your eye, whatever you want to say, depending if you're on desktop or on mobile, but right on top, for example, it will say the number of items right there on top. I mean, a lot of this information was there, but it was jumbled. It was repositioned and it just, it just wasn't as aesthetically pleasing and easy to sort through data as it is now all on one view without making multiple clicks. So first thing that you're going to see, of course, across the top is going to be a banner, the profile picture of everything, social media links. There's that blue check mark of the name or whatever. So, you know, this is an authentic verified collection or whatever it is. Right below that now is the number of NFTs, the items when it was created. Of course, the first one in that smart contract and the creator fee is right there on top before you had to go into details to be able to see what is that creator fee, that royalty for each one. So if the 5%, for example, I'm looking at the other side right now, the other deeds, it is 5%. So basically what that means is if something sells for one ETH, then 0.05 ETH is going to go to that project to cover that 5%. That is their share, that royalty of the sale. And right on top, of course, normally right where you'd have the description, any kind of links and uh, whatever they want to put right there is underneath that information now. Then you can see the area that has the total volume, the floor price, the best offer. Of course, that information was there before, but now they have the listed, the percentage of that project that is actually listed for sale. And I think that is very helpful at a glance. You can really get an idea of what's going on with this project. Are a lot of people in the project listing trying to exit or what? I mean, what's really going on there? Or is everyone in this project holding it? Do they know something or is this something like, you know, news is around the corner and these people are holding, they still bullish on it. They're looking for the future or they're trying to exit. That's basically what you can get out of this. And then a very cool thing too, right there next to it, up top without you having to go do some calculations because before there was just a number of the unique holders. So that way you had to calculate to see, well, it's about 40%, 50% of the uh, unique wallets, meaning that let's say it's a 10,000 collection. If it's 50%, that means basically the average person is going to have two, meaning that out of that 10,000, 5,000 people have two. That's how they get to the 10,000. Now, that is just an average that doesn't factor in that some people only have one and then there's some whales that might have 100, but average is going to be two. And that's just a helpful way to know, is this evenly distributed? Is this a whole bunch of whales that have all the power and if they get upset with the founders, they can exit and dump it. Well, you can see all those data, all that statistics right there on the top. You don't have to do any kind of calculations or anything. And I think that's very interesting. And just looking at a couple of them, just going through really quick, I'm just going to go through some of these big properties that everyone sort of knows. And of course, why not go to Board Apes Yacht Club, right? That is the elephant in the room, or I should say the ape, the gorilla <laughs> in the room. Right across the top, 10,000, it was created. April 2001, and the creator fee is 2.5%. It is pretty low considering the average is somewhere around the fives. However, these things right now are selling at 76 ETH is the floor, which is pretty cheap for the board apes right now. But what's interesting is there's only 7% listed for sale right now, and there's 64% unique ownership. So what that means is the average person has less than two. 
So that is pretty much a sign of decentralization, right? There is a lot of different wallets that hold a lot of these. So most people don't have a huge amount such as Franklin who has 60 or 70 apes or whatever he is up to these days. I think he's well on his way to 100. But the average person in this project only has one, right? It is below two because if it was at 50, remember I just said 50% means the average person has two. So at 64%, that means very few people percentage-wise actually have two. Now, the interesting thing with that means is if that number spikes up from 7% to let's say 30%, 40%, that is a sign of a lot of people getting ready to exit this project. Well, why is that? Why would it all of a sudden jump up from 7% to such a high number? Well, maybe they know something's up. Maybe they are in the Discord, they're with the community, and they see that the founders are on a wrong path, and they are just upset and saying, you know what? We have no faith in this project anymore. Let's get out while we still can. Let's keep our liquidity and sell right now whatever we can get for it. Let's move on to the next project and go to where the grass is greener. That could be a huge sign for that, but you would not necessarily know that unless... You were either in that Discord and uh, getting some inside scoop and what have you, but the numbers don't really lie. And of course, I know numbers can be manipulated to tell whatever story you want, but it is a good indication and it's way better than just flying completely blind and knowing that, yes, 64% of these people, only 7% are listed. Therefore, generally speaking, by the looks of things, despite the floor price being down, the holders are actually very faithful and bullish of it. They know that whatever that is that they're billing, they still have faith in it, or they just want to hold on to their IP and do whatever it is that they're doing. Maybe they're making more money from the IP doing whatever creation. Let's say Seth Green, who's creating that show. Of course, Snoop Dogg and Eminem, they're doing their music and all of that. Probably Snoop Dogg's Bored Ape. Dr. Bombay might be the most famous board ape. I, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it's up there. So things like that might be a good indication as to why they're not going to sell it. Or even Board Becky, who has created a huge brand and just everything uh, based on that. Well, if I ever see her listing, I'm like, okay, something is definitely up with Yuga. So going to another one really quick, let's just stick with the whole Yuga thing. Now, other side, which is the land, of course, the deeds that they had, which is pretty crazy to me, 100,000 of those deeds is what's going to be up. Creator fee is 5%, so it is double the, the apes. However, the thing that I really wanted to notice is that it has a 34% owner so basically the distribution is half of what the apes are so that means people that have these deeds tend to have quite a bit more however here's where it gets a little interesting out of those 100,000 guess what only three percent are listed so three percent of out of 100,000 that means only 3,000 are for sale and when I look now, I start to look around, fish around, see the floor price, and I see certain things are jumping out at me as far as the numbers. And this is what I can gather just really quick, and this takes one click right now. I can see that, okay, the floor price is 1.71 ETH. That's what's up there right now, the cheapest one. However, five months ago, this person bought it for 3.39. So this is a lot less than what they paid for it. However, let's factor in the fact that the market is really down from that point five months ago it was doing much better of course it was still heading into a bear market but now there's like it's consensus everyone would agree we're in a bear market right now and that definitely shows in the price however if you look back as i said in that first page where that information is 34 percent unique ownership with only three percent listed 
generally indicates that they have faith in the project and a long-term goal. So when I look on this particular person, let's say I go into that person's wallet, see, hey, what's going on here? And I realize that that person that has the cheapest one listed only has 17 NFTs. And of them, quite a few of them are listed. So I have to conclude that there is a high likelihood that this person just has liquidity issues. I don't know. I'm not trying to look into anybody's budget and their wallet and understand what's going on in their house and their personal life. I have no idea. But I'm just saying just by a quick glance of this wallet, what's going on, considering how much they paid for it and so forth, I'm thinking that person probably needs funds in a hurry for a particular bill or whatever they're doing in their personal life and they're exiting, willing to sell it at a loss and move on. So that is is just a quick glance of what the data is telling me about that. Of course, all of this is trying to interpret data and that could be a very dangerous thing, but it is way better to have some information and understand what's going on right now. And of course, that is what I want to commend them on for putting that information right there. So it doesn't take a lot of clicking, it doesn't take a lot of uh, digging or calculating. I don't even need a calculator before. I used to have to do this manually or just have a ballpark. I would just know that, okay, if it's 5,000 unique holders and there's 10,000, okay, that's 50% easy. However, once you get into some funky numbers, you know, let's say it is a 13,000 collection and there is 3,200 unique holders, well, you know, you're going to have to do a little math. If you're not good at math, you're going to have to pull out the old calculator. So I think this is very helpful to have those percentages right there. So at a first glance, you can really have a good idea of what's going on, make a quick judgment, whether or not you're going to buy into it, but just have an idea. You know, ultimately, you're not going to really know until you really get into the community and see what's going on, get into those holders chats and so forth. And it's a completely different vibe sometimes than what you'll get out there in the public. You know, we keep certain things in-house. We deal with those things. We vote on it. We address our needs and our concerns in-house on Discord, in those channels. And a lot of people don't even take advantage of that. You know, just Discord is a love-hate relationship. I go there just basically out of necessity and the fact that I have this podcast, this is what I'm doing. This is where I have to go. But if I had my option, I would love to get all my information another way. But within those walled gardens, that is where information is going to come out. Otherwise, it is just looking at data, trying to figure things out, making a couple assumptions and what have you. But at the end of the day, all of this stuff is no guarantees but it is just a great way to keep on top of things. So I recorded this episode last night. However, as I went to go edit it today, I realized that the page that I was on for OpenSea actually had a feature that was added to it that was not there before. And as I went to go refresh the page to check it out, otherwise it disappeared. So obviously there's split testing. So what actually happened was right underneath where it says the particular collection that you're under, I am on the Fame Lady Squad. So you'll see Fame Lady Squad and you'll say Fame Lady number whatever NFT it is. And right underneath it, it showed the rank. So out of the 8,888, this one was ranked 5,000 something and it said it right there. But of course, as I went to go check out other things, it just disappeared. So this is something called split testing where they roll out different features, different looks. And this is something that Facebook and all social media platforms are very uh, notorious for doing. You might log in one time and it looks completely different and then you go back in the afternoon or whatever and it looks how you're used to it. It's because they're testing out to see what is most favorable with clicks, how people like it and interact with it. And that's what obviously what they're doing here. I know at one point they had that rarity information down under detail 
sales. That is where the contract, the token ID, and all that stuff was in that column. However, just now, I saw it right underneath where it says Fame Lady Squad number whatever it is. So I guess that is something that they're playing with. And I thought it was very cool. It looked great. However, it disappeared. I don't know if you can see that on your version of OpenSea when you log in or you visit the site. But obviously, that is something that they're testing right now just to give us some more tools, more information at our fingertips to make our decision even quicker. I appreciate the fact that OpenSea has put that up there because you don't have to run around and do all that stuff as I just mentioned before. They just really help you out very much. It's like the news is coming to you. And speaking of the news coming to you, if you're interested in hearing more stories, maybe some headlines and events that I'm not necessarily covering doing a full episode about, a great place to get that is the Nifty Business Week newsletter. And you can sign up for that for absolutely free at niftybusinessweek.com. Of course, I give some insights, some information, and then I might just highlight some things of the week that you might find interesting. So of course, I have to give you my weekly plug right there to let you know that's what's going on. It's absolutely free. But with that said, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.